God is so good. Uh, you can take your seats. Um, I'm so grateful to be here tonight. Um, there's a couple things I want to say. A um, couple things I want to say. First of all, I want to find out who was running the planning committee. Because um, I really want to know who decided to put me last behind uh, <laughs> Caleb and Saxton. Y'all, I watched it clean house from the plane. I watched it. So I was like, Lord, what, what is there left for us to do tonight? But um, but I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I do want to say to uh, everyone, first of all, I'm, I'm so grateful that my lovely wife and my children were able to come with me. And um, they're here. Uh, we, we were, um, the enemy fought us tooth and nail to get here. Um, between the delayed flight and uh, where they were going to put us in a hotel overnight and we weren't going to get here until later today and um, literally just one thing after another. And I believe that because of that, tonight we are serving the enemy notice that every principality, every power that tried to stop not only us from getting here, but what God is expecting to do here and has done this entire week, it has lost. It has lost. And so it's important for us to understand we, we serve a superior kingdom. Amen. Amen. Now, before I get in the word, I just want to tell you, well, let me ask you this. Are you guys tired? Okay, I just want to make sure because I, I can preach and sit down, but um, I, I think God has some stuff for us tonight. And so if you're hungry, I can tell you one thing I've learned is that in, in the ministry of the word and even in praise and worship, you get out what you put in. Now, I will tell you, the last time I was here, um, the room was so hungry, uh, you guys pulled me bone dry. And that's all right because we want to see God do what he wants to do. And so I just ask it to be hungry and have open hearts. Amen. 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 Let me pray and then we're going to dive into the word. Father, we just come before you tonight. We're so grateful for, your, for, for this place, Father, this, this meeting place that you set for encounters. You set it not just for the ministry of the word, not just for worship, but for encounters, for life-changing transformations. Father, we thank you that tonight we, we, we set our hearts on you. We set our affections on you. We set our mind on you. We ask you, Father, let your word go forth with power and with authority and yet with simplicity. Father, I pray for clarity and understanding. I pray for supernatural revelation to flow tonight, not only out of my mouth, but into the minds and hearts of your people. May the spirit of revelation rest on us tonight. In the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I have notes, but Jesus, if you just want to walk in this room tonight, There's nothing that I could say that would take the place of you walking in this room. That's right. That's right. And so I give you free course right now in the name of Jesus. Have your way. Speak by your spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I believe the Lord, might want to turn me down just a little bit. Um, I believe the Lord has invited us as the body of Christ not only to be Christians but into a supernatural experience. The Christian life is not a church-going experience. Church-going is part of our endeavor to be a part of what he built. He built something special. He built something that was designed to keep us close and to, and, and to sharpen us and develop us. Uh, but the goal was to make you supernatural. The goal was not to leave you in a carnal state. The goal was to make you supernatural. This life is a supernatural life. And the more I grow in God, the more I realize there's more of his ways and his life and his culture to hunger for. 
I'm hungry to see a move of God. I'm hungry for miracles. I'm hungry for for, uh, wonders and healings. And and I've seen God do so much. I was preaching on on, uh, live a couple of weeks ago on my my, uh, page, Life Altered. And while I was preaching, uh, I got to the end of the broadcast and, and the Spirit of God spoke to me. I was getting ready to log off. And the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, someone is dealing with hip pain. And I said, is there somebody on this live that's dealing with hip pain? Now, there's a little bit of delay when you're on live. Um, but after a few seconds, somebody said, that's me. And I began to pray. And as I began to pray, I asked her, what was your pain level? She said it was a 10. She, uh, what I did not know was that she happened to be watching live because somebody was wa- sent it to her. But she was waiting for her husband to take her to the ER. She was on her way to the ER. Her hip pain was so bad she could barely stand and barely move. And while we were on live, she's in another place, I'm here. While we're on live, the Spirit of God touched her body, took her pain immediately down from a 10 to a 6. I said, I said, thank you, Father, but you don't have to do anything. You don't have heal. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't do, that's not his, his method. He don't, if he, start, if he starts something, he's faithful to complete that which he started. So I, I continue to pray, and as we continue to pray, her pain dropped to a three. The next day I was talking to her, she said, my pain is almost gone. It's a progressive thing, and I don't get a, a concern because it didn't happen immediately because God is doing the work. I, I got news for you now. I'm going to preach, and God's going to do some stuff, but it's him doing it. It's him doing it. I, I spent some time with God, but my prayer time does not facilitate my move of God, and my, my ability to move. It's him doing it. He's designed us to be supernatural. I was, uh, a few weeks ago, I was at, at home, and I'm just, I, when I, when I, I'm hungry. I'm so hungry, man. And, and this is the thing. It doesn't matter how much you see. It just makes you hungrier. And I was studying the, 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 uh, the generals of old, and I was listening to A.A. A. Allen and, and listening to some of his, his messages and, and watching these miracles. And, and I, I, I watched this, this testimony from R.W. Schambach, and he was talking about how uh, that he went to this meeting, and there was a, a woman who had driven to the meeting, and she basically had $20. And, and he started telling us how there was $15 that was allocated for the doctor and $5 to get her home. And you know gas had to be pennies to get her home across states. And she was there, and she was believing God for a miracle and she had been there all week and and while she was there he never prayed for a child it was the last night and she said God it, can you make sure this man prays for my child so she she sees R.W. Shambach she says hey can you uh is he gonna pray for my child he said I don't know but if he doesn't I will personally take your child to him the problem was this baby was so deformed and so had so many issues that the baby had been diagnosed with 26 diseases. 26 diseases. And, this, and, and so our, uh, the, the man of God, A.A. Allen, gets up and he starts preaching. And as he's preaching, um, he stops. He says, the Lord's taking me into a vision. I see a, a, a hospital. Yeah, it's a hospital. He says, I see a bed. There's a baby in the bed. There's about five doctors around. And as he's talking, he's seeing the vision. And he starts counting. One, two, 15, 16, 20. You have, this baby has 26 diseases. Can you imagine the sharpness to be able to perceive by the spirit? He said, wait, wait, wait. I see the woman. She's leaving the hospital. I see her driving down the highway. Wait a minute. I see her car pulling into the tent. Woman, you're here. Bring me your baby. 
He said, God's about to give you 26 miracles. And, and, and the man said, the R.W. Shamrock said, they brought the baby to the front. He said, I stood there. Now, now hear me. Before all this happened, he, he said, she got ready, they got ready to take up an offering. Don't miss this. He said that he called for an offering. He said, I want you to give a faith seed, a, seed, a sacrifice of faith. He said as he called for the offering, he saw a woman leave the middle. She wasn't in the front. She was in the middle. She got out into the aisle. She ran to the front. This woman who was believing for her baby beat everyone to the front and dropped something in the bucket. Shambach said he got up and he ran down to the front. He looked in the bucket to see what she had. He looked in the bottom of the bucket. He saw a $20 bill. He said, God, I've been teaching on faith all week. But if you could just give me the faith this woman has to give her everything. This is a supernatural life. He said they, they brought the baby down to Shambach uh, said they brought the baby down to A.A. Allen. And he said, I watched as this baby who had no pupils, the baby's eyes were white. He said, I stood there and I watched them swirl until pupils appeared in the eye. And I watched these club feet snap into place. And, I watch, I, and over and over, diseases start disappearing out of this baby's body. And this is why I'm ruined for just church. This is why I cannot settle for an experience that is void of the power and the presence of God. I cannot settle. And that there are too many things that have been exposed that I have access to. And the problem, listen to me, one of the greatest tragedies in the church is to have access with no pursuit. It's, if, to have access to something and not enough desire and not enough hunger to go after it and to know it's available, but to sit at home and watch TV long enough to die. I refuse to live a life. Absence of the supernatural. This is a supernatural life. I finished, I finished watching this video and I had a doctor's appointment. I'm going somewhere. I went to the, I went to the chiropractor. I'm going, my wife, my, my wife dropped me off because uh, her and the kids wanted to go shopping. So I'm sitting there at the chiropractor. He finishes adjusting me. I call them. They're about 20, 25 minutes away. And um, so I said, cool. I'm sitting there. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, call such and such. Well, this is like the 15th time she's come to mind. But he said, call her. So I pick up the phone and I call her. I said, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I just bought a Bible. Um, you know, I just got a, a new living Bible I'm excited about. I said, that's awesome. I said, what is it that I need to pray for you for? She said, huh? I said, the Spirit of God spoke to me and called, told me to call you. And, to, and I know he didn't call, tell me to call you for no reason. What do I need to be believing God for? Right. She said, well, I, I actually need prayer for my health. Well, this is a very young woman. So I said, what what?" what what do you need prayer for? She said, well, just pray for my health. I said, do you want me to pray a general prayer? Or do you want something specific? She said, well, uh, I went to the doctor and they found a lump in my breast. I said, I said, they found a lump? She said, yes, they found a lump. I said, how big is it? She said, well, it's about the size of a golf ball. I'm sitting there. And, 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 and this, this hunger in me that's been begging to see God do something supernatural again because you never get tired. You never get tired. I watched, I watched a woman get out of a wheelchair, and I'm still hungry to see more and more people get out of a wheelchair. I'm, I'm hungry to see cancer disappear. I'm hungry to see the supernatural. I said to her, I said, take your hand, put it on your breast. God is going to heal you. I began to pray. 
And as I began to pray, I hear whimpering over the phone. I said, what's happening? She said, there's a heat on my chest. I said, tell me what's happening. She said, my chest is burning. I kept, I kept praying. I commanded that thing to disappear and to die. I don't care if it's benign or cancerous. It's still got to go. Can I, can I, let, let, me, let me teach you something about, about healing. We do not ask. We, we don't ask for healing. We command it. If you're asking, you're seated too low. We don't, we don't ask. You don't see anywhere in scripture where Jesus asked God to heal somebody. As a matter of fact, the only time we see him have a conversation with God about it is when he's at the tomb of Lazarus. And he said, the only reason I'm praying is for the sake of these folks. Because they need to understand the type of relationship that produces this result. And I began to command this thing to go. And she was crying. And I said, what's happening? She said, it's shrinking. I said, on a scale of 1 to 10, what, how big was it? What size is it now? She said, it was the size of a golf ball. Golf ball but now it's about the size of a walnut. I said, it's got to go. It's got to go. And, and for a while, for a few minutes, I prayed and nothing was happening. And the Spirit, spirit of God said, rebuke the spirit of trauma. And I began to take authority over the spirit of trauma. And she began to cry louder. And I said, what's happening? And she couldn't speak for two or three minutes. She couldn't say a word. And I said, tell me what's happening. She said, it's gone. I said, go try and find it. Go to the bathroom. Go check, try and find it. She said, it's gone. It's gone. I said, check and make sure. She said, it's gone. Now listen. Listen to me. Listen, listen to me very carefully. My mother died of cancer. And I said to God, I said, God, if at all possible, use me to destroy cancer everywhere I go. I'm not offended with God. God I'm, not, I'm not upset with God. I made a decision as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. I'm not going to lose another one in silence. I'm not going to lose another one in silence because I was too scared to pray. I'm, I'm way off my notes, but listen to me. This is a supernatural life. My wife and I were, were praying. We said, God, we need to get to this number financially. If we get to this number, there's a couple things we can do. We need to get to, 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 to this number. So we prayed. We prayed. We said, God, in this, uh, this, this, this thing that was going on in my job, I said, if you could do it, get us to this number. Well, well, I got a promotion, but it didn't get us to that number, but our faith was not shaken. Somebody say one year later. One year later, I got a promotion letter on my job. I opened up the promotion letter. <laughs> I opened up the promotion letter and I look. And when I say to the penny, to the penny. To the, to, the, to the penny of the amount we asked for a year before. Listen to me. This is a supernatural life. I want to I teach us tonight because I believe there are some things that are hindering us from getting there. Amen. Now listen, I'm not, I'm not speaking 
as an authority on miracles yet. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't think you understand this pursuit inside of me won't let me die without seeing all that God promised me. I just, I can't settle. We're going to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. The title of this message is Broken by Blindness. Broken by Blindness. Broken by Blindness. Mark chapter 10. Somebody say this is a supernatural life. Verse 46, it says, now they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho, excuse me, I'm in the wrong translation, Let me, I'll just, I'll just use the NKJV. Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Right? Go back. Yeah, I'm sorry, I see where you're going. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says Jesus stood still. I want us to, to, to look at a few things tonight. There's a few things that we know about this man just from scripture. The Bible says that his, his name was Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, which tells me that this man was a man who was loved enough for his father to give him his name. He was loved enough for his father to give him his name. The Bible tells us, if we keep on reading, um, and actually, let's, let's go ahead and keep on reading. Uh, uh, verse 50, and so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. Verse 50, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered him and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabboni, teacher, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Now let's, let's deal with this. Um, there's a couple things we need to know about him. The Bible tells us that this man is blind. He's the son of a man that loved him enough to give him his name. But he's sitting. And he's not just sitting, but he's sitting outside the city. He's sitting on the road outside of the city. He's outside of fellowship. He's outside of connectivity. He's outside of, of, of the commitment of, of a family environment. He's outside. He's disconnected. He's sitting. The Bible also tells us he has not always been blind. Because he said to the Lord that I might receive my sight again. So something happened in his life to produce blindness. The Bible tells us. The only, listen to me. He's sitting but the only disability he has is blindness. But he's sitting. The only thing wrong with him is he's not paralyzed. But he's sitting. He's not sick. But he's sitting. He's, he, he, he doesn't have broken bones. He's sitting. Something happened in his life that caused him to be blind. And this blindness has paralyzed his life, not his legs. He still has capability. He still has ability. Do you know there are blind people in the world now, and they're doing, and they're building. There are people that are, that are functioning. They're blind, but they're still functioning. They have not stopped living. But this man is sitting on the side of the road, and his blindness has broken him. That's right. Last thing I want us to see was that the Bible says he was a beggar. 
this blind situation has so broken him that economically his life is responding to his stagnancy. His life is responding. He didn't have to be broke. Hear what I'm saying? He could still function in, 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 in life in a community. The problem is the first thing that he did when he became blind was he disconnected from the community. He's sitting outside. Now, you might say, well, what does this have to do with me? I'm not blind. Well, let me, let me explain something to you. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens. That Hebrew, Hebrews tells us that God framed the worlds by his word. So when he did this, that meant that he made multiple worlds. And you, though you're living in this one, have connectivity to multiple worlds, right? right? Yeah. So, so we understand that though we're living here, our, our natural bodies are terrestrial. They're bound here. Right. Your spirit has connectivity to another world. Right. Come on. The problem is that you were designed to be supernatural, but the supernatural doesn't come from this world. No. So, so listen to me. If you're living within the limits of your body, the only thing you have access to is what you see here. If, if, if you get sick, you're going to stay sick. You're limited by what the doctors can do for you. And if the doctors run out of options, you are stuck because you don't have access to another world unless you tap into that world. So what happens, listen to me, if you can't see that world anymore? What, what happens if heaven, which is supposed to be the place that resources your life, you can't even see anymore. You say, well, I'm not blind physically. Well, here's the problem. Do you know that your spiritual body has eyes? You have, you have a spiritual body. Paul, Paul, uh, Paul said, I, I knew a man who went to the third heaven, right? And he said, I don't know if I was in my body or without. Well, how would he not know? Because your spiritual body looks just like your natural body. And so the issue is that many of us are not blind physically. But you can't even open up your Bible and see anymore. Come on, man of God. You, it's just words on a page. You, 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 you can't see. You come into church and everybody else is shouting and everybody else is getting breakthrough. But for some reason, it's not making sense and it's not hitting your heart. And the reason is not because he's not doing a good job preaching. It's not the praise and worship leader's issue. It's an issue of blindness. Something has happened to break your ability to see. And if we don't fix this issue, you are terrestrial. And, and listen to me. There's an environment. And, uh, yeah, I hear you, Lord. There's an environment where we go up in the spirit, but you're still stuck. Oh, God. God keep, I'm, come on. And the reason why you're stuck, listen to me. I'm going to talk about this on Sunday, but I'm, I'm going to give you this. The reason why you're stuck is because you cannot go where you cannot see. Hear me. In, in the realm of the spirit, you cannot go. There was a movie that came out called Jumper. Do y'all remember that? There was a movie, it was a science fiction movie called Jumper. And in the movie, the guy was, uh, he had this ability to jump to different places. Here was the problem. He had to have been there. If he wasn't there and hadn't seen it, he could not go there. You cannot go where you have not seen. And so the problem is if I don't deal with the issue of blindness, I can't go anywhere in the kingdom of God.
So the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us this man, this man, his blindness, listen to me, his blindness caused him to unplug and to sit outside the city. This is one of the first uh, tactics of the enemy. It's to disconnect you from the community that would have said, you're blind but your legs ain't broke. The community would have said, we can use your hands. We believe in you. The community would have said, hey, listen, we, you're, you're a strong man. Listen, there's more to you than you are. Somebody would have built you up, but because you disconnected, you're sitting. You're sitting. Life is passing you by. You're sitting. And God's got a prophetic word over your life, but you're sitting. God's, God's put destiny inside of you, but you're sitting. And you can, listen, you can go to work sitting. And you can get married sitting. And you can have sex sitting. And you, you can go and live life and you, and you will be stuck in the same place. And you wonder why people live lives of arrested development. It's not a problem over their mental capacity. Something has blinded their eyes. Some people get blinded by offense. You got offended with the pastor, and now you can't even come to church no more. You can't, you can't connect with the people at Bible study. You backbite, and you don't even realize what you have done is cut off your access. You didn't cut off his. It's, the problem is you got to understand that you, listen, listen, if you don't have somebody in your life who can tell you when you're wrong without you manifesting a demon, the issue is not them. The issue is an issue of blindness. You know what, the, you know what Jesus said to the disciples? He said, how long? How long will I, how will I have to deal with you? You, 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 a faithless generation. You know what they didn't do, Jesus? You know what I'm done. Just we. They didn't do that. Why? Because they said, Jesus, where else could we go? You've introduced me to a life beyond this. I never saw anybody else heal. I. I never saw anybody embrace somebody with leprosy and, and hug them and the leprosy didn't get on them. It disappeared from the other person's body. I, I never seen anybody speak to somebody in the grave and call them out if they had been dead four days. I never saw anybody walk on water. I never saw anybody speak to storms. I don't even know what kind of man this is that speaks to storms. I never saw anybody who was transfigured and light shined out of his body. And I saw him appear with those that we used to worship. And there he was and God spoke and said, this is my son. This is the one you i never seen it before. How, listen, how could I go back to being terrestrial? And you can sit. Listen to me. You can be sit and stuck. And what you don't realize is the enemy knows that the longer you sit, the longer you're sitting, it increases the chances of you not getting up. The longer you're stuck. This is why the enemy says, hey, it's okay. Listen, God will forgive you. Just do it one more time. Because he knows if you just stay in this cycle of sin, you, listen to me. Satan is not omnipresent. He is not. So because he cannot always be present, he will loop you in cycles. I Just... Just keep doing the same thing because, listen, listen, I need you to stay stuck. Because if you ever get out of this loop, 
if you ever step out of this loop, your destiny will unlock. If you ever get out of this loop, that prophetic anointing on your life is going to come alive. If you ever get out of this loop, some of you, you don't even realize you're stuck. And the reason why you're stuck is because he's hoping you'll just stay there long enough. Just... Just stay long enough to keep from becoming yourself. Just, just stay long enough. Keep, keep sitting and, and, and keep going to the side and blame everybody else because it's their fault. Just do whatever it takes to stay in the loop. Let, let me explain something to you. The Bible tells us that spiritual blindness is the product of hard-heartedness. Offense, bitterness, resentment, they're blinding sins. They're blinding sins. Listen to me. These are the sins that many people ignore because they're not scandalous. You ignore the pride because it's not scandalous. You ignore the arrogance. You ignore the unforgiveness because you feel like you have a right to it. And they don't know that this is what's really going on in your heart. But it's one of the most dangerous sins. As a matter of fact, the Bible only talks about two things that you can do that God would not forgive you for. Unforgiveness is a big issue. Blaspheming the Holy Ghost, unforgiveness. He said, if you don't forgive, my father's just, he's going to sit this one out. He's going to sit this one out. This is on you. Turn, turn Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to come back. Turn Ephesians chapter 1. Yes, Lord. Listen, before I, before I move on, there's somebody in here. You're struck, Listen to me. You're struggling with anxiety. So I don't know if you've been diagnosed or I, I feel like there's more than one person. One of you may have been diagnosed. One of you is a, specifically a teenager. You're dealing with anxiety. The Spirit of God wants to set you free. When I say anxiety, I'm talking about you're fearful. Some of it, it's fear. you've got a fear of dying early. You've got a fear of, of being in situations that are uncomfortable. God wants to set you free because you are a voice that the enemy is trying to silence. Who is that? Who is it? Come. Come. Come, 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 come. Come, come, come. Fire of the living God. Touch that spot now. I rebuke that spirit of fear. Now, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke trauma. Now, in Jesus' name, I break its power at the root now. In Je- Loose her now, in Jesus' name. I set her mind free now, in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of the python, I break your power now. Come out of her. Come out of her. Come out of her. Come out of her now. 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 Loose her now. Loose her now. Loose her now. Loose her now. Jesus' mighty name. Loose her now. Loose her now. The Lord says I was there. The Lord says I was there. I have not abandoned you. And I will amplify your voice. You will be a voice to the lost and dying. And you will be a light shining in the darkness. The enemy is not going to rob you of years in this place. Yes, Lord. I declare the damage of the memories to be reversed now. Now, in Jesus' name, by the blood of Jesus, he's about to wipe it clean. Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I break the spirit of anxiety and fear 
in the name of Jesus. Levanda, I break the fear of dying early. Yeah, every hereditary demon that's been following her, I break your power now. Now. Looser now. Looser now. Looser now. Out of her belly. Now, in the name of Jesus. I break every deaf word that's been spoken over you. Now, in the name of Jesus. Every word curse, I break it now. In the name of Jesus. I break it now in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Fire of God now. Fire of the living God. Touch. Touch now. Break it in the name of Jesus. Break it. Break it. Yeah, I see the bands coming off. I see it coming off. I see it coming off. Come off now. Loose now. Loose now. I reverse every word curse now. In the name of Jesus. Every deaf word pronounced in the name Ayabasa. I stir up. Lebando kudra bababasa. I stir up purpose now in the name of Jesus. Loose and let go. Every spirit of Python, I command you, let go now. Now, come out. Now, now. Ah, spirit of fear, go now. Jesus, and go now. Go now in the name of Jesus. That spirit of heaviness, I command you to go now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Loose now. Loose now. Loose now. In Jesus. And your destiny is great. He's lying to you. He's lying to you. He's lying to you. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Listen, listen, it's a lie. The enemy's lied to you to try to rob you. And he thought he was going to kill you early, but you're not going to die. I break the power of that python now in the name of Jesus. Loose her down in her belly in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And the Spirit of God says, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Let it go. 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 Yeah, da, da, that's it. That's it. My terrible sura ba 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 bande. Man of God. Eta man tu sabra katayam. Come this way. Come this way. Come this way. Mama mama do sura ba 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 Every spirit of anxiety, every hereditary demon following him. I break your power now in the name of Jesus. Loose him now in the name of Jesus. Loose him now. In the name, every spirit of fear, I command you to go now. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will not be on medication. Great is your destiny, says the Lord. For I put a burning on the inside of you. I put a burning on the inside of you to build and to go after my sons and daughters. And you don't even know yet, but the Lord is about to revive from the inside. There's going to be a burning that's going to... The spirit of burning. I loose upon his life now. In the name of Jesus, I declare his destiny be unlocked. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare in Jesus' name. Every spirit of abandonment, I break it now. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, and I thank you, Father. For delivering mightily by your spirit. Yes, Lord. Father, touch his voice now. In the name of Jesus, that he will be a voice in this generation. In Jesus' name. I break every spirit of failure now. In the name of Jesus. And I declare by the spirit of God that he will fulfill the plan of God for his life in Jesus name in Jesus mighty name
Every generational curse I break now in Jesus' name. I break it now in the name of Jesus. Loose her now. Loose her now. Loose her now in the name of Jesus. I declare freedom to break forth in her belly now in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Every spirit, that toxic demon, Lord God, from generations back, I break his power now by the fire of the living God. I loose the fire of God. I loose the fire of God. I loose the fire of God over her now. Break, break, break. Loose her now. Loose her now. Loose her now. Loose her now. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for purity ravishing her heart, Father. In the name of Jesus. Set her as a beacon of light, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. God, I thank you now that you're marking her for the rest of her life, Lord God. And I declare everything else will not work, Father. I declare every other road will close, Lord God, except the ones that you've destined for her. In the name of Jesus. Fire, fire, fire. Fire now. Fire all over in the name of Jesus. Burn up the chat. Burn up the brokenness. Burn up the hurt, Father. In the name of Jesus. He said, I've come to heal your broken heart. And I will not abandon you. And I will not leave you. Father, I thank you now. In the name of Jesus for your love. Overwhelming now. Overwhelm. 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 Heal the brokenness. In the name of Jesus. Hey. <laughs> oh God, I thank you. And the Spirit of God says, I'm, I'm, I'm opening up a door. And if you'll stay in the posture of worship, I'll invite you into an entirely new life. I'll invite you into a place that I predestined for you, but you have not seen. But the Lord says, stay low and come into my presence. I want to be intimate with you. I don't want a distant relationship. Heal and seal, Father. In Jesus' name. Touch now, Father. In the name of Touch. Yeah, I break that demonic power, Father, in the name of Jesus. Loose her now. Loose her now. Loose her now. In the name of Jesus. Every spirit of fear, every spirit of anxiety, go now in the name of Jesus. Father, I declare her imagination be set free now in Jesus' name. Her imagination be washed in the blood of the Lamb now in the name of Jesus. Be free. Be free. Be free. Every chain falls off now in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, I rebuke the spirit of depression. I rebuke you. I see you and I rebuke you now. Loose her now. Loose her now. Loose her now. Loose her now. Jesus mighty name. Loose her now in the name of Jesus. Yes, let light come now, Father. Let light come. In Jesus' name. Yes, yes, there it is. There it is. Wind of the Spirit of God, come now. Yeah, come now. Come now. Father, I thank you for this builder. I thank you for this builder. I break every lie arresting her mind now in the name of Jesus. 
For the Lord said, I've anointed your hands to build. I've anointed your hands. And the enemy has lied to you and said that you're not called or you're not qualified. But the Lord says, not only have I called you, but I put within you great destiny. And I put within you great uh, equipment to be able to build all that I've called you to. And so the Lord says, trust me. Trust me in the pain. Trust me. I see the Lord wrapping his arms around you now. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. Great, 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 great is the call upon your life. Great, 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 Father. Father, I pray that you seal her now in the name of Jesus. Touch, Father, in Jesus' name. Touch, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. I break every generational curse now in the name of Jesus. I want one, two, three generations. Father, I break them now. Every legal right over his life, over his mind, over his mind. I break it now in the name of Jesus. And I declare it will not work. It will not work. And Lord, I thank you for raising him as a man of God with fire in his belly. Raise him, Father. Raise him, Father. And the Lord says, I've already marked your life. And what you're dealing with is cycles of lies, cycles of lies. The Lord said, I've already marked your life, and the enemy keeps whispering the same thing to you. But today, I pray, Lord, the spirit of truth will come now in Jesus' name. Set him free from the Fire the living God in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Free him from the inside in the name of Jesus. Free him from, I destroy every fortified place of the enemy in Jesus' name. I break every stronghold now in Jesus' mighty name. Fire in his belly, Father, that he will carry your glory to a lost and dying generation, Father, in the name of Jesus. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. The Lord says you don't have to work for this. He's about to pull you out of the cycle of working for approval. You don't have to work for this. It looks just like this. When, listen, when God has marked your life, you'd live like this. And he pours in. When I start working, I can't receive. I live like this. You understand what I'm saying? Bless in the name of Jesus. Here and here. Touch right now, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, I break every spirit of anxiety now. Yeah, it's all over you. It's all over you. The power of God is all over you. Uh, he's doing an overhaul. The Lord has said, I'm doing a renovation. There's some stuff I'm tearing out. I'm not asking for permission. I'm just coming, and I'm going to ravish your heart. I'm going to tear some stuff out, some stuff that's been holding you. The Lord says, I'm not going to let it break you. I tell Loose him now. Loose him now. Loose him now. Loose him now. Yeah, I hear the Lord saying that I'm going to break you. But I'm going to use you to establish, I'm going to establish your feet. And in your brokenness, I'm going to pour myself in. Fire of the living God. Fire of the living God. Fire of the living God. Fire, fire, fire. Fire, fire down in his belly. Fire, fire of the living God. In the name of Jesus, every chain falls now. Every chain falls now 
Every chain falls now. And I see the enemy working overtime to assault your self-esteem. I, I see him, I see him trying. I see him trying to tear you down from the inside. And you thought that it was true. And so because you believed him, it was like a knife in your back. It was like a knife that was just constantly bleeding. But the Lord says, I'm pulling it out now. He said, I have seen you. I have seen you. I have seen you. I'm the God who sees. And I'm the God who loves. And the Lord says, and ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. He said, know that I love you. Know that I love you. Know that you don't need them. You don't need them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Listen, when the Lord interrupts you, just go with it. Listen to me. I wrestled with that demon. I wrestled with that demon. There are, there are too many Christians in the grave because of something that got, did not get addressed in the church. Too many Christians. You know what? The enemy comes with depression to blind you. He comes because you can't see anything else. You can't see anything else. Let the, let the Lord minister and then we're going to keep on going. Amen. We got we to get somewhere tonight. Did I say Ephesians chapter 1? Yes. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16. Say amen when you get there. Paul says, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. My prayer is that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18 says, and I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened. Why? Listen to me. Why? Does he need your, the prayer, your eyes to be enlightened? Well, let's keep reading. So that you will know what is the hope of your calling. The enemy is blinding you so you don't know. He knows that if you know, he's in trouble. He knows that if you ever figure out that you are wired for a move of God, you're wired for Revival. This is, this, this is important. Let's keep reading. He says, so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance. You have an inheritance. Yes. When Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says this about, he says, he says, for as many as receive him, he gave you power to become sons. Yes. When I receive him and I become a son, I gain an inheritance. It means everything that he paid for. Every, listen to me. Everything he paid for. You're like, 
Well, some of the stuff Jesus did, I don't, I don't, even, know if that, I, I don't even know if that can happen. Did Jesus really walk on water? First of all, yes. yes. He did. And that doesn't mean you need to walk on water. But it means that you have access to a supernatural dimension. As a matter of fact, Jesus, listen to me, Jesus only sent them onto the lake because they missed the lesson when he multiplied the fish and the loaves. He said, since you, since you didn't get it, you were just impressed with the baskets left over. You didn't realize I was inviting you into another dimension. So I need you to go on the boat. And I'm going to let you struggle in the storm for hours. Why did he let them struggle for hours in the storm? Because he needed them to feel the strength of the storm. So when he came walking on it. He needed them to be terrified of the storm. So that when he came walking on it. Do you know Jesus didn't come running to them to rescue them? Jesus was. The Bible says that the waves were tossing the boat. But Jesus is just. He takes his time. You need to know that you have an inheritance. Right? And then what he says, he says, and what is the boundless greatness of his power towards us? <laughs> Who believe? What is the, the enemy wants you to keep, to keep you from knowing his power is towards you. It's accessible. Right? Okay, now let's, now let's, 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 uh, let's go, go with me really quick to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 because I got to get you guys somewhere tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verse 5. Um, it says this, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus our, uh, as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants on account of Jesus. For God, who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown where? In our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. He says, it's God who shined his light. Do you realize you can't see without light? That's right. If you think your eyes work, just turn out the lights. Your eyes will adjust. Listen to me. They'll adjust to the degree of light in the room. Your eyes were designed to function with light. So I need, listen, I need revelation to hit me so that when the Spirit of God, oh, I can, listen, you can read the Bible as much as you want. There's a man, um, uh, what is his name, Holy Spirit? Um, we were just looking at his video the other night. I can't think of his name. Anyway, he said, he makes a statement I absolutely love. He says, he says, the Bible is the only book that you need the author present to understand. Oh, man. I need you to be present. Because if you're not present, I don't have no light. And I can read and read and read, and I can ascend in worldly knowledge. But it's, not, it's only from this realm. So we have theologians who are unsaved because they, they, they don't, they, they're, they're theologians, and they've memorized scripture, and they've ascended in worldly understanding, and they think they can understand mysteries. But Paul, Paul said, as apostles, we're stewards of mysteries. It's hidden in plain sight. I need, I need light for my eyes to see. 
If I don't have light, I will stay blind. Watch this. Verse 7 says, but we, who? We, that's us. We have this treasure in earthen containers. The King James says earthen vessels. So that the extraordinary greatness of the power will be of God and not of us. He said, listen, we have a treasure in earthen vessels. That treasure is his light dwelling on the inside of us. And that has filled us with the power that's available. I want us to see that where light and sight exist, power follows. I got, I got, I got to see to walk in His power. You say, why are you, why are you spending hours? My wife will tell you, I spend hours watching videos of these great men and women of God. Why do you spend hours? That's not going to change. Well, you, you don't, you don't really know because I, I know people who have gotten impartations for videos. It depends on what you're hungry for. I got to be able to see. Somebody say, I got to be able to see. I'm not going to take, uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, and then we're going to go back to Mark 10. Because I got we got to finish with, with blind Barmaeus. Hebrews chapter 3, say amen when you get there. Amen. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. Uh, I'm going to read this out of the King James because I just like the way it reads. Verse 3, three says, but, uh, no, I'm going to read out of the New Living, okay? Verse 13 says, you must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. The King James says, warn each other that you be not hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Now stay with me. I told you that blindness is the product of a hard heart. But how did I get a hard heart? Because sin is a cycle in my life. Yes. Yes. If, if, what you don't realize is that thing that you're doing that nobody sees you doing that you haven't got caught yet, it's like sprinkling cement into your heart. And, you, and, and, and your life is just mixing. And you just a little bit more, it's just sprinkling cement. And you don't even realize that the whole time your heart is getting hard. And the word is going forth, but it's not hitting because it cannot penetrate. Do you know in the Bible when it talks about the parable of, of, the, of the sower, there's nothing wrong with the seed. All four types of ground get the same seed. The problem is the ability of the ground to receive the seed. Not only to receive it, but to maintain it once it's been received. The issue is an issue of the heart. So listen, the enemy knows if I can just, not, not, if I can just get you to stay in this cycle long enough, sitting, sitting and sinning, if I can get you here long enough, it's going to produce a hardened heart. Well, if it produces a hardened heart, I can take you to Ephesians 4. Well, it tells you a hardened heart will produce a blind mind. There is a part of you that is designed to function in another world. Now, let's, let's, let's use this as an example. Do I know any of these people I just prayed for? How did I know what was going on in their lives? I don't, but he does. The Bible says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And he searches all the inward parts. I don't have to know what's going on in your life. He sees it. And whatever he wants me to see so you can be free, he shows us. Now let's, deal, let, let's stay with me. Let's deal with this. You, I'm, I want to talk to the young people right now. 
you guys have to understand you're de you were designed to be supernatural. So the, oh God, thank you, Father. The way that God talks to you matters. Hear me. There are many of you who think you don't hear from God. But you don't know how you're wired to hear from God. Now, I don't have time to run, run through all of this. But listen to me. One of the number one ways God talks to you is in your imagination. Do you, have you ever had a dream that was so real you woke up sweating or running? You were fearful. Your heart is beating fast. But nothing was physically happening. Why? Because your, your imagination is a, is a place the spirit realm accesses on a regular basis. If the, enemy wants, if the enemy wants to make a covenant with you, he does it in your dreams. So listen, you, you may be in this room. If you keep having somebody show up in your dreams and sleeping with you, that is a covenant. I'm, I'm just telling you because if you, don't, if you don't realize this is real, you'll keep thinking, oh, I, it's just a wet dream. Oh, it's, No, it's not. The enemy is accessing your life. He's doing it through your imagination. The, I was, I, a few years ago, the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, he said, your, listen to me, your imagination is my canvas. And if you keep it clean, you'll clearly hear me. If you don't keep it clean, so why do you think the enemy has formed a package in, the, in social media to make sure your imagination is constantly being bombarded with images? TikTok a little longer, Facebook a little longer, Instagram a little longer, Snapchat a little longer. All these images of sexual things and, 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 and now you can't even believe in yourself because you're comparing yourself to a life that's not even real. It's not even real. Me and my wife, listen to me, we and my wife laugh because we've seen people who were miserable and on the brink of divorce praising each other on Facebook. Oh. This my boo, this a bay vacation, you know, blah, blah, blah. You don't even like each other right now. But you're trying to maintain appearances. Why is, listen, why is he doing that? Because the enemy knows that if I can keep your imagination clogged, you'll never see. Some of you, yeah, Lord, some of you, some of you are prophets and prophetic people. And you dream. And God speaks to you in dreams. But you don't value the dreams. You don't write them down. You don't record them. Because you don't know God's talking. The, Lord, the Bible says if, I, if, if, I, if there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, God, the God will speak to them in dreams. God talks to us in our imagination. So what does the enemy do? He says, I'm going to make this a pornographic generation. I'm going to fill their mind with corrupt thoughts. Why do I want to do that? Listen to me. The Bible says in the beginning when man, when, after man sinned, it got so bad, God said their imagination, the imagination of man's heart is evil continually. What was the product of that? They couldn't hear Noah preaching. Do you hear what I'm saying? They couldn't hear. They couldn't see. Their imagination was so caught. And I'm telling you, many of us are blind Bartimaeus and we're stuck because of what's in our imagination. Stuck, sitting. And God has a prophecy over your life. He's got a destiny over your life. God has armed you. He's got you in a circle. And he's brought you into the company of prophets. And he put you there so he could develop you. He put you there 
so you could cause you to become all that he created you to be. But you're sitting. I don't really want to get involved in stuff at church because I don't want people to see where I really am. I'm talking from experience. I know what I'm talking about. I, re I remember watching porn on Saturday night. And I was on the praise and worship team. And Sunday morning, I didn't even want to get up and, and, and get to church on time. So I would get to church late because I knew back then the rule was if you were late to church, you couldn't sing. So I would be late on purpose. Oh. Not because I didn't want to sing. I was afraid yes. somebody was going to see me. Let me help you. Blindness doesn't always mean you can't see. It also means you can see the wrong things. You can look at a loving God as a judge waiting to strike you with a lightning bolt because you cannot see him clearly. You cannot see him clearly. You can be partially blind. You can see God but see him incorrectly. Blind. Blind. Stuck in cycles. Blind. Why does the enemy want you blind? Because if you ever can see God clearly, you then see you clearly. Stay with me. Isaiah said, in the day that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And the train of his robe filled the temple. And as he begins describing all these things, he looked at himself. And he said, my God, I'm a man of unclean lips. I can't see my, I got blind spots because I can't see him clearly. I can't see him clearly because my imagination is, is confused and filled with garbage. And the enemy says, just keep pumping it in. Yeah. It's bad when the social media platform has to tell you, you've been doing this a long time. You need to take a break. <laughs> I know, I've seen the message. I know what I'm talking about. I've seen the message. The enemy is trying to get us, listen, the enemy is trying to get us to a state of a hard heart. He's trying to get you to a hard heart. Why is it that when somebody does something wrong to you, it plays over and over in your head? You, you, don't, you don't have to hit play. You don't have to hit pause. You don't have, it burns. It, why, listen, a, a man of God told me one, uh, years ago, he said, when you watch pornography, it burns into your imagination like a CD. It can, it can play whenever you want. So you in your prayer closet, and you're going to pray. And, and images start popping up in your mind. And you're there to serve God. But your flesh is partnered with darkness. Your flesh is working with the enemy. So the enemy says, I got to get them out of there. I gotta, I, they're going to break this cycle. So just play that image. And you can't, listen, you can't even see him clearly. You can't pray. Because the enemy's got your mind going back into that cycle. You're thinking about that boy, the way he touched you. You're thinking about that girl, the way it felt. And you're stuck in the cycle. There was nothing wrong with blind Barnabas' body, but he's sitting because he's blind. I've been incapacitated by my ability to not see. I can't move. I can't move forward. I, I can't accelerate towards a goal. I can't do nothing because I'm sitting stuck. Let's, let's go back to, let's go back to, uh, to Mark chapter 10 because we got to deal with this. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Bible tells us in Ephesians 4, I'm not going to go there for a second time, but I want you to understand. The Bible tells us that many of us are alienated from the life of God because of ignorance. 
but it says that ignorance is produced by hardness of heart. So then, ignorance is not, it's not a put down, it's a reality. I don't know anything about his realm because my heart is hard. I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and this is, not, this is not me bashing churches, but there are many churches who teach no revelation because they cannot see. And we're producing hordes of babies. And life happens and you can't stand up to life because you don't know who you are. Life happens and you can't stand up to life and the enemy coming into your house because you don't know who's on your side. Man, listen to me. <laughs> My mother died in May and it pushed me closer to God. How is that possible? We have history. Listen, there's no turning back for me. This is it for me. I, we've got history. I know too much. I've seen too much. I, you, you can bring all the most brilliant minds in the world, and I may not be able to reason with them why this is this and that is that, but it doesn't matter. I'm not changing my position. I've seen too much. I watched the tumor disappear in somebody I wasn't even the same, in the same state with. I watched the man's hands get healed from four years of arthritis right before my eyes. I see, I, I see, let, let, me, let me ask you this. In, anybody, any young people, how many of you in here believe you're called in the ministry? Yeah? Praise God. Called in the ministry. Five-fold ministry gifts. Thank you. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. What's, what's your name? Yeah. Matthew, Come. Listen is, there, listen, is there anybody in here right now who's dealing with pain in their body? You? Yeah. What, what's the issue? Lower back, come. Matthew? Come here. I, I need to show you something. Matthew, lift your hands. Father, I thank you right now. Your son is anointed. Your word says these signs shall follow them but to believe. In the name of Jesus, we declare now. The anointing for miracles. The anointing for healing. Now, in Jesus' name. Now, what's your name? Savvy. Sure. Yes. Come on. Oh, yeah, I see. And everything he did, I was not snapping at him. And uh, you called us up here as you know to speak to him. Don't don't sit there and repeat what you just said. I'm gonna watch what you will have in store now. Come on. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's called faith. My brother my brother was preaching about faith. Faith is timeless. Twenty-five years. Now listen, listen to this. Listen to this. 
Faith, listen to me, faith is an element of now. Come on. Faith is an element of now. What we're going to do is, is we're going to pray. Matthew's going to pray for her. She's going to get healed. Listen to me. Listen to me. This, this, is, this is not about who's the most anointed. I was reading Isaiah. God help me. I was reading Isaiah. And I was, I was reading the book of Isaiah. And the Lord, kept, he kept telling me, go read the book of Isaiah. I'm reading Isaiah chapter 40. I'm reading Isaiah chapter 40. And I get to this verse. And the verse says to make a way for him in the wilderness and a highway in the desert. And he says, as you do, the glory of God will be revealed. And the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, I'm sending you to hungry desert places. Woo! All I need you to do is make a way for me. I don't need you to be Lord and Savior to people. I need you to make a way for me. Now, Matthew, I want you to lay hands on her back. Yeah, lower back. Can he touch your back? Okay. What's your name again? Savi. Matthew, I just, want you to, I just want you to pray. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak to this back. I, back, I command you to be healed. Hear the word of the Lord. I command you to be healed. Now, in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to try and bend your back and see where, where the pain level is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mind sobrakata. Tell me, tell me what's happening. What's your pain level? Your pain level is a seven. Is that where it started at? Come on, stand, stand up, stand up. Your pain was a seven. It's a seven now. Is that where about where it was? Okay, let's pray again. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every spirit of infirmity. Get out of her body now. In Jesus' name. I command her pain to go from a seven to a zero. Now, in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Test it. You don't have to lie to us. Tell us what's going on. Yeah. It's changing. Yeah. Right there. Put your hand there. Say, fire, come now. Be healed. Now, in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. What is it now? Is it about the same? Did it change? Look at me. It's still about a seven? Yeah, Father, put your hand there. Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke every spirit of trauma. In Jesus' name, every injury, I speak to the muscles. I command it be healed now, Jesus' name. In the yeah, 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 Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you. Glorify yourself now. Do it as a sign of your love for her. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, amen. Look at me. Where, where did the, when did the pain start? Was it a car accident? What happened? Trauma like what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God.
we're going back years, Holy Spirit. Father, we set that little girl free now. We set that little girl free now from every abuse. From every trauma. Yes, yes. Now, in the name of Jesus. We break the chains off of that off of that cage now. In the name of Jesus, we set her free. Spirit of God. Yes, Lord. I hear the Spirit of God saying, forgive. I hear the Spirit of God saying, forgive. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Can you, can you let it go? Can you let it go? Yes. Father, we thank you now. Even as she said yes, we, yes, we erase every legal right to her life. Now, in the name of Jesus, by, by the blood of the Lamb, flow now in her life, in Jesus' name. Yes. Yes, Father, I break the trauma off of her mind and the fear that came with it, Father. That spirit of fear that invaded her mind as a child, even afraid of the dark, Father. Even, afraid, even at, a, at an adulthood, Lord God, the enemy terrorizing her. I break that spirit of terror. Now, in the name of Jesus, I command you to loose her now in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus mighty name. Now, Father, let your love flow in. Every point of pain be healed. Emotional pain be healed. Now, in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Jesus' name. I see, I see you like in a closet. I see you like in a closet. As a little girl, Father, visit that place now. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. One more thing. Father, I break every spirit of witchcraft. Yeah. Every spirit of witchcraft. Following her, loose her now in the name of Jesus. Loose her now. Every generational curse, Father, every evil altar speaking against her life, every generational altar speaking against her life, I break it now in the name of Jesus. Be broken, be broken, be broken. Be broken now. Be broken now in the name of Jesus. Be broken in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Uh. <laughs> yes, Lord. How's your back feel? You notice any difference? Yeah, there. Huh? It's still there. Is it about the same? Okay. Father, now that we've broken that, I thank you for the pain leaving. I thank you for it being reduced. Lord, I thank you now. Go now, Jesus' name. Every break, every traumatic. Father, I thank you for a creative miracle now. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Um, <laughs> trying to, I, I feel like the Lord, the enemy has done some things in your dreams. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. 
Yeah, Father, every serpent. Every serpent that came upon her in her dreams, I destroy by fire now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every serpent, every dark, everything that came from the waters, we destroy it now. And then come out now in the name of Jesus. Loose her now. Loose her now. Loose her now. Loose her now. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Loose her now. Loose her now. In Jesus' name. Jesus' mighty name. Yes, Lord. That fear, that fear that came with it, I break it. I break it. That trauma that came with it, I break it. I break it now in Jesus' mighty name. I break it now in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Stand up. You know what I'm talking about in your dreams? gone. Yeah. I'm going to, um, I want to talk to you after church, okay? Um, so, so let me, tell, tell me what's going on with your back. Did you notice anything? Not yet. Okay. Sit, sit, and we're going to pray. Amen. Matthew, thank you for being used of God. Now listen to me. Matthew, I want you to do something. Um, yes, Lord Jesus. Do you know him? Do you know this man? You know him personally? Kind of? You go to the same church? Do you guys know each other well? You talk on the phone? Don't talk on the phone. Okay. I want you to close your eyes. I'm doing this for a reason, guys. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to ask Holy Spirit to show you something about him. Okay? Close your eyes. I want you. Why, why is this important? Why is this important? Because the world is actively educating people in witchcraft. I, w- I, went to a, I went to a store, a kid's store. I, went, I was in a kid's section. They had books on spirit guides. They had, co- uh, they had coloring books on, on sorcery. Um, they had a, a, a book that said, um, it was the, uh, the spell book from, um, what's the Harry Potter spell book, the official. It's, the, the enemy's not playing, okay? I, listen to me. I don't care what you see. I just want you to say what you see, Okay? just see pain? Yeah, some like hurt with your mom. Okay. Is that true at all? Now, come on. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Did, 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 did somebody hit him with a lightning bolt? Did you guys see him buck and kick and spit or anything? None of that happened, right? But still, God, listen to me. You are wired to hear from God. You don't even have to be saved to hear from God. God will speak to you unsaved. He will speak to you in your sin and tell you to come out. You don't have to be saved. So is prophecy something for the elites? No, it's for you. Thank you, Matthew. Sit down. What's your name? So, I'm sorry? Clarks. Clarks. Yeah. 
what, what you're, you said you haven't seen your mom in how long? Yeah, so Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus for your son. Father, I pray that you would make a way. I pray for complete restoration. And, and I hear the Lord saying that though you've been disconnected, the Lord said, I've taken ownership of you. And I put my hand upon your life. And the Lord says, I'm marking you by my blood. And there are things that the enemy thought what he was going to use to cause you to quit on God. And, he, and you were going to turn your back on God. But the Spirit of God says, no, I'm going to use you mightily. I even see you preaching the gospel. And so, Father, I thank you and I praise you now for putting your words in his mouth. Father, I pray, thank you for the coal going up on his lips right now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I thank you now in the name of Jesus for a supernatural touch from God to hit his life. Are you a writer? Do you, do you write? Yeah, I hear the Lord saying that he's going to take your, there, you, you have the anointing of a scribe, but you are just using it right now to journal things in your life. But the Lord says, I'm going to put my words in your mouth, and they're going to come out on pages, and they're going to be words of deliverance. And you're going to write books that are going to break shackles off people's minds. I even see the Lord, uh, I even see the Lord using you to write e-books, quick e-books. And the Lord said, listen to me, look at me. The Lord says the same thing to you that he said to Jeremiah. Don't be afraid of their faces. Don't be afraid of their faces. He says, I'm with you. The Lord says, I'm with you. The Lord says, I'm with you. You see, the Lord is going to build your confidence. And he's going to arm you because you're actually someone he's raised up for these end times. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you, are, do you have any family members that are in ministry? Are you connected to somebody in ministry? Yeah. Yep. The Lord is about to establish something with you. What, you go to this church? Okay. Yeah, I see the Lord establishing something with you. Um, he, he needs to be in mentoring. He needs to be in mentoring. There is a strength inside of you you don't know exists yet. I see the Lord putting a hammer in your hand, and he's going to use you. It's almost like the, the Bible talks about Saul going, when he joined the company of prophets, the Bible says he became another man. I see the Lord pulling something out of you you don't, exi- you don't know exists yet, and he's going to revolutionize you. And pe- people are going to know your name because of what God has put on the inside of you. You understand what I'm saying? God has not abandoned you. He's with, he's, he's with you in it. I feel the Holy Ghost. God has not abandoned you. You understand what I'm saying? That pain that's there, God says, I'm going to heal it and I'm going to use it. Yeah, it's all right, man. It's all right. He's going to use it. He's going to use it. He has not abandoned you. And the Lord says, thank you for not quitting on me. He says, thank you for not quitting on me. Give me a hug. He loves you, man. Amen. All right, let, let's, 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 listen, I, I, I just want to get through Mark chapter 10 and we're going to close this out, okay? Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Um, my God. 
listen, listen, let, me, let me say this. I feel like the Spirit of God wants me to tell you this. Do not ever get discouraged when you pray for something and it doesn't happen immediately. Hear me. Do not ever get discouraged because it was not you in the first place. Your job is to pray in faith. The Bible says that prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Amen. Do not ever get discouraged. So many of us get, get thrown off guard because we're like, well, maybe I'm not anointed. That is a lie. Mark chapter 10. Everybody there? Stay with me. So verse, verse 47 says, when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. People told him, be quiet. Many people yelled at him. But he shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped. Now listen, Jesus did not stop because he was blind. Did you hear what I said? His condition did not stop Jesus. His desperation did. His condition did not stop Jesus. There are too many people who think that God is going to rescue you because of your condition. It was his faith and desperation. He cried out to Jesus. There is a sound that stops Jesus in his tracks. There is a sound. You can release a sound in your prayer closet or in worship. And all of a sudden, there's a presence in the room. Why? Because you stop Jesus in his tracks. There's something that comes out of you. And until you get desperate... Do you know why he was desperate? Let me hear, hear me. He was not just desperate because he was blind. He was desperate because Jesus was passing by. If I don't get to him now, I may not ever see him again. If I don't maximize this moment now, I may not ever see him again. I, I, everybody else has passed by me, and all they had for me was coins. They couldn't give me life. They couldn't give me sight. They couldn't give me freedom. They couldn't break me out of this place I'm in. I, Jesus. He cried. He said, Jesus, have mercy on me. And the Bible says Jesus stopped. They tried to get him to be quiet, but desperation loses all dignity. They try to get him to be quiet. But desperation stops being concerned about others' opinion. You ever want to get free from people, get desperate. The woman with the issue of blood, it was illegal for her to come out of her house. If we really be honest, the Bible says she had been bleeding for 12 years. If we want to be real about it, she stunk. But she's no longer concerned about people smelling her. She's no longer concerned about what the law says. She's no longer concerned about being too weak to get to him. The Bible says she came crawling in the press. She, she was desperate. She was, and Jesus, when she touched him. Listen to me. Listen to me. Desperation will grab his heart. Desperation will grab his heart. It's not just your condition. If conditions grabbed his heart, Haiti would be saved. That's right. Listen to me. That's right. If, if it was automatic because of your condition, there are lots of places that would be delivered. But there is a desperate cry. Gotta be a cry. That, and the Bible says Jesus stopped. Listen to me. Look at this. Listen, watch this, verse 49. When Jesus heard him, he stopped. And the Bible says, he said, tell him to come here. 
Now, wait a minute. A Jesus? I, wait, wait, Jesus, I don't understand something. First of all, this man is blind. Why would you tell him to come to you? Jesus, you told, you, come on. You, you told, listen, listen, you told Jairus, I've come to your house. You told the centurion, I'll come to your house. Why is it that you told this man, tell him, come here? You, you, get, you can't miss this. You can't miss this. Because blindness had produced something in his life that Jesus had to deal with other than his blindness. Sometimes when Jesus is going to heal you, he also has to deal with your stagnancy. Jesus had to deal with the issue of the fact that, you're, that you can move but you're still sitting. If I Listen, if I come rescue you. God help me. If I come rescue you, you're going to be back in the same position. I need you to change your position. I need you to change your posture. Listen to me. Jesus could have said, Jesus could have said, I'll come rescue you. And some, listen to me, God help me. Some of us are upset with God because he didn't come to the rescue. But we missed a moment. We missed a Kairos moment letting him pass us by. We missed a moment where God was saying, listen, do you know the Bible says he was passing by Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus said, I can't see him. So I'm going to change my position. I'm going to adjust. He don't have to adjust. I'm going to adjust. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move. If I got to go higher, I'll go higher. If I got to get out of my seat, I'll get out of my seat. If I got to get out of my, my, my friendship group, I'll leave them. God, whatever it takes to get me free. So, so Jesus says, listen, he says, tell him to come to me. Because I'm not just going to heal you from blindness. I'm going to break this stagnancy off of your life. I'm going to break this thing that's got you sitting. This thing, you, you were mobile. You could have done something with your life. And so many people, 30 years have gone by and they're sitting. And Jesus said, I can't just come rescue you. I can't just come rescue you. You say, God, you see the pain I'm going through. Yes, but he still needs you to adjust your position. He still needs you to adjust your posture. Jesus says, tell him to come to me. Wait a minute. Come on, listen to me. How's he going to get to you if he can't see you? Why would you tell me to come to you if I can't see where I'm going? What was Jesus saying? Follow my voice. If I got to follow your voice in the dark, I'm still going to make my way to you. I can't see how I'm going to get out of this situation, but I'm coming towards the voice that called me. God, you're still the one that called me. I'm stuck in pornography, but you called me. I'm stuck in offense, but you called me. I'm stuck in this sexual relationship, but you called me. I'm stuck in homosexuality, but you called me. You called me. You called me. So he begins making his way through the darkness. Because sometimes God's not going to shine a light till you get to him. You got, you got to press through dark places. The Bible says he gets to Jesus, watch this, and, and Jesus asked him a question that baffled me. He said, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> Jesus, what are you talking about? Everybody knows who this is. This is the same dude that's been sitting on the side of the road for 20 years. And we can see he's blind. Jesus, why would you ask him that? Because Jesus said, I got to break your stagnancy. But I'm not just going to break your stagnancy. 
you've been a beggar too long. So I have to teach you what it means to be a son. Because sons don't beg, they ask. So I got to teach you. And listen, if I heal you, but I leave you with a beggar's mindset, you'll stay in poverty. God help me. If I, if I leave you in that place, I got to get you out of this mindset. Right now you can't see. But it's not that you just can't see physically. You can't see where your life is going. So he says to him, what would you have me to do for you? Because he's trying to teach you that as sons, we ask for what we want. Let me tell you a story. Uh, my, my, my mom and dad got divorced when I was a kid. And I was about seven. And so because of that, even though my dad loved me and, and, and always tried to stay in connection, there was a fracture. Stay with me. At, at about 2006, before me and my wife got married, my dad and I had this amazing conversation. And we've just been amazing ever since. He just, it, 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 we were able to hash through things and embrace and love. And everything changed. But listen to me. A few years after that, my, my uh, father-in-law and I, uh, we had, we had uh, bought a car. car got stolen by a guy who was living with my pastor. Stole the car, took off, went to Texas. The car got impounded. The car got impounded. When the car got impounded, uh, we, were, we, were, um, we were trying to figure out. They said it's going to cost you about $850 to get it out. Now, I had just gotten a promotion. was doing much better. But we had just paid off a lot of stuff. So I didn't have $425 cash. But we needed to get the car back. So I did, the only thing I needed to do was pick up the phone and call my dad. Here's the problem. Because of the length of time that was spent in a fractured relationship, I did not know that I could ask. So I called my dad, and I began saying, hey, dad, so here's the situation, and this is what's going on, and this is what's happening, and this is why it happened. And my dad stopped me. He said, hold on, hold on, son. He said, I'm dad. Tell me what you need. And as a grown, listen to me. I was in the back of a call center, and as a grown man, I broke down and started crying. It broke me to my core. It broke me. I, I started crying as a grown man sitting in this call center by myself because I suddenly realized I didn't know the privilege I had. Didn't know the privilege I had as a son. And I wept in this, in this call center uh, 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 training room in the back by myself, and all I could say was, thank you, Dad. Because you didn't need me to prove to you. See, see, beggars, you gotta, you gotta convince them that, that of who you are. You gotta convince them, hey, I need this. You know, you this is why I'm here. This is what got me here. You know, you see these guys this right, man, break me off something, you know, this is what happened, I'm down on my luck. All you go through this this rigmarole. I did not know. I could just simply ask. Jesus said, I cannot leave you a beggar. God help me. I can't, I can't leave you with that mindset. You're not terrestrial. You're, you're a supernatural being. There's things you have access to, but if I don't give you an inheritance, you'll stay there on the side of the road. And you'll have eyes to see and still won't be moving because your mindset has imprisoned you. Yeah. Jesus. Healed eyes. Stuck. Can see physically, but been there too long. Able-bodied people. That are homeless. Not because they cannot work. A mindset has enclosed them. The Bible says when Jesus told him to come, he cast off his beggar's cloak. He stripped himself of that cloak that had, had identified him as a beggar. And Jesus says, visually, you look different. But I got to deal with this mindset. 
I got to deal with this mindset. I got to deal with this mindset. I don't want you to live, listen to me, I don't want you to live as a, as a orphan. Listen to me very carefully. You can work miracles as an orphan, but you'll use them for validation. And the moment that the miracle doesn't happen, you stop being a son. And now you're trying to figure out what you did wrong and why Jesus don't love you and, and what happened. And now you're trying to figure out how you let the enemy in. All these things because you have failed to realize you are a son. This dimension is not for orphans. It's for sons. It's for people who belong to him. It's for people who belong to him. You, do you know, let, me, let me say this and I'm going to close this out. Do you know what the mark of this man's life that he had really been transformed? The Bible says, and immediately he received his sight. And he followed him. Now think about this. This man had been sitting, but he had a father. He could have gone back to his old life. It would have been easy to say, let me go back to my old community that I disconnected from. But he said, no. I found one. Who opened my eyes. Everybody else passed me by. But he stopped. Everybody else told me to be quiet. But he stopped, and he changed my life. And you want to know why I will never go back? I was suicidal, me. I was about to take a bottle of pills and disappear. 2006, I told them I was going up to my people, the people I was living with, I told them I'm going to sleep, leave me alone. I'm going to take a nap. I told them I was taking a nap so they would leave me alone because my plan was to down those bottle of pills and have enough time to disappear. I went out to an outreach that day. I was saying, I just got to get through the motions. We go to this, this lady's house to knock on the door. We get to the door. My, they had sent my wife with me. We weren't married at the time. We were dating. She knocked on the door. The woman opened up. She said, we're just here to pray for people and bless people's homes. The lady came in. Let's say, come on in. I was there, dead inside. My wife looked at me to pray. I didn't have nothing. I just told her to go ahead and pray. She prayed for a lady. When she got done, the lady said, thank you. And she turned to me and said, can I pray for you? And this woman began to prophesy to me all the things that had even been said on the phone that caused this rift and this pain in my heart. And that God was going to use me where I was. And she began prophesying these things over my life. And suddenly, the blinders came off. You want to know why I follow him? I'm not following him because he gave me some, some, you know, some supernatural thousand dollars, a million dollars. I'm following him because he changed my life. I'm following him because he shows up in valleys. I'm following him because he shows up in dark places. He shows up in places that other people would have wrote you off. You would have been another statistic. And he shows up in those places. He says, not so. I've got a plan for your life. And if you give up here, there are hundreds of thousands of people that will never hear what they're supposed to hear through you. 
I heard a man say he was about to quit ministry. He was sick of some things that happened, and he told the Lord, I'm done with this. He prayed for somebody, and it didn't work, and, and these people went away uh, des uh, uh, devastated. And he said, God, I can't do this anymore. He was pressing, trying to see God move. He said, I'm done. And God said, okay. But he said he took him up into a vision, and he saw all these people that were behind him, and they were following him into heaven. And he said, Lord, what is this? He said, those are all the people that are waiting on you. Then he showed him another part of the vision. And when the, all these people that were standing before God going left, he said, God, what are you showing me? He said, these are all the people that you will ignore and will miss the representation in the earth that you were supposed to give. I'm telling you, you were born for revival. You can't afford to live blind anymore. You can't afford it. 